Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Steven's currently away on holiday and he's asked me to help out making sure you guys get your Reddit stories. So let's get into them. I had my best friend fired from her job ruined her chances at getting another job, and nearly slept with her man. I have read and heard people talk about their friends betraying them and sleeping with their partners behind their backs, but I hadn't met or heard of anyone that I knew, even from a distance, who experienced such. I thought stuff like that happened only in movies, and that, in real life, girls loved and supported each other, especially girls like my former best friend. She and I had been friends for a very long time, and not once before it happened did I suspect that she could ever do something like that to me. She was sweet and loving, kind too. I loved her, and I was certain that she loved me back. To this day, I cannot say for sure what went wrong. I still sometimes wonder why she did it to me, and I honestly would have asked her if I knew for a fact that she'd tell me the truth. My boyfriend and I met after I graduated college. My best friend was already in law school at the time. I remember that shortly after we made our relationship official, I told him that he had to meet my best friend. He agreed, and when she was free to go out, he took us both to dinner. It was a fun night, and I was chuffed to see the both of them connecting and relating with each other freely. My boyfriend is a lawyer too, so they had many things to talk about, seeing as she was well on her way to being a lawyer. We talked about my dad, who was a renowned lawyer, and why I was choosing to be a lawyer too. They shared inside jokes about law school and the country's legal system. When we drove her back to campus, my boyfriend told her he enjoyed her company and we drove off. That evening, I placed my hand over my boyfriend's and thanked him for a great evening. It meant a lot to me that the two were getting along because my best friend and my exes never got along. She'd never liked my two ex-boyfriends because she thought they were controlling and they never liked her because they knew she didn't like them and they were worried that she'd make me leave them. One of my exes even tried to make me choose between him and my best friend. You know she doesn't like me. Why do you want to stay friends with her anyway? He'd ask in exasperation. I'm not going to stop being friends with my friend because you don't like each other. It's fine, really. As long as you respect each other, I'm cool. Well, I don't like her, he complained. Well, I do love her, I said stubbornly. You're going to have to live with it. Seeing my new boyfriend and best friend connect and have a friendship was very important too. I saw that as a sign that he was the one for me. They both had good conversations when we hung out together. They made jokes, made fun of each other, and sometimes they argued about who loved me more. I don't ever have to worry about some dude taking my girlfriend from me. You are enough competition, he'd say jokingly. I went to law school too, and she started working at a new law firm. My boyfriend was doing well as an attorney. Life was good. After I graduated from law school, I was immediately offered a job at the law firm where my dad used to be a partner. I was glad, and so was my best friend, but I remember seeing a sneer on her face at the little party I organized in my apartment for my boyfriend and some friends. It was just a small expression, and could have been at anyone or anything. She could have been texting someone or thinking about someone else, but for some reason, I just couldn't get over it. I kept thinking about that sneer, but my logical mind would tell me to let it go. Everything isn't about me. In my heart, however, warning bells were going off. I kept asking myself different questions. Was my best friend jealous of me? Was she mad because I got a great job at a renowned law firm? 
I didn't understand why she'd be jealous. She got into college before me, and I had to stay back for a year because I didn't get accepted by the university that I'd always wanted. She was offered admission when we were still in high school. Despite being sad that I didn't make it, I wasn't mad or jealous of my friend. I was very happy for her. I was also happy when she got into law school before me. I was with her when she got the mail. We danced around her house together, and later that night, I took her out for drinks. There was simply no reason for my best friend to be jealous of me, but I couldn't get the thought out of my head. Was she jealous of my relationship? That didn't make sense. Before my boyfriend, I only had two relationships that I could consider serious, and both ended in less than a year. My best friend, on the other hand, had a boyfriend who adored her, even in high school. I just got passed around by the guys in high school. Some liked me, but they never wanted to date me exclusively. When she got into college, my best friend dated a basketball star, and they were crazy about each other. At the time, I was working in the law firm that I eventually got a job at, doing messenger duties for my dad's best friend and former partner. I was never jealous, not once. I'd even ask her to share details of her life with her basketball star boyfriend so I could live vicariously through her. She didn't have a boyfriend and hadn't dated since she got into law school, so I figured that may be the reason she was sneering at my party. Maybe she was a little jealous that I had a boyfriend? I decided I'd fix that and try to set her up with one of my boyfriend's friends. Which of your single friends do you think would make a good partner? I asked my boyfriend later. Are you trying to leave me for my friends? My boyfriend chuckled. No, silly. My best friend hasn't dated anyone since she got into law school. Great. I was going to ask you if I could introduce her to one of my friends. He plays basketball professionally. Any chance that his friend might want two girlfriends? I joked and we laughed. I asked my friend if she was interested in being set up on a blind date with my boyfriend's friend. She accepted and we set it up. Weeks later, I asked her about the date. I don't know. I'm just not into him. Bomber. He told my boyfriend that he liked you and enjoyed the date. I did too, but I've been with a player before. I don't want that life for myself. Why can't I get someone who does something else? Like what? A lawyer? I joked. Well, yeah. You're a lawyer. Come on. Sometimes I wish my boyfriend wasn't. It'd make things like arguing easier for me. We both laughed. I'd love to be with a lawyer though. Someone who gets it. I rubbed her thigh. At this time, my boyfriend and I were talking about moving in together. I was excited about it and so was he at the beginning, but I think he chickened out later. He started to hold back. I'd asked him to buy a few things for the new house we were moving into and he kept procrastinating. I know that when I procrastinate, it's because I wasn't confident about what I wanted to do. So I asked him about it. Are you getting cold feet? I asked him one day. What? No. Then why haven't you gotten the items? We're supposed to move in together at the end of this month and you still haven't gotten the essentials. He stared at me for a while and said nothing. I'm going to ask you again. Are you getting cold feet? He hesitated and I walked out. If he had any doubts, he ought to have talked to me first. He was even the one who suggested that we move in together, get a bigger space and all that. He even talked about kids and whatnot and he'd assured me that he was ready. I was just ticked at him. That evening, I called him and told him that it's better if we stay away from each other for a week to review what we wanted. He agreed and we ended the call. The evening after, I returned from the office very tired and started to miss him. My next door neighbor was my friend, so I begged her to drive me to his apartment because I was too tired to drive after a long day at work. He's going to be surprised to see you, and happy, I hope. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. 
Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, surely he's going to be happy. He loves you. We drove over to his apartment. I forgot to bring my key along, so when I turned the doorknob and rang the doorbell, I assumed he wasn't home. Before I left, I decided to check his study. His home office was just at the back, and it had glass doors that were so transparent that anyone could see what he was doing. No one saw him, though, because the house closest to that side of the house was far away. I tiptoed around the house to his study and saw the most heartbreaking thing I'd ever seen in my life. It was my boyfriend and best friend going at it on his work chair. I couldn't believe my eyes. I went around the house, sat on the floor, and said nothing. My friend, who was in the car, waved at me, asking what was wrong. She wanted to get out of the car, but I signaled for her not to. I must have crawled back into the car, because I didn't walk. I cried all the way home. For the week where I wasn't to contact my boyfriend, I was hysterical. I avoided everyone and hardly ate. The only person who could speak to me was my neighbor and friend. She was there for me every step of the way. The phone was talking about sending someone to a different state for a case that may take three months. I offered myself immediately. I just needed a change of environment. I had plans to get back at my best friend, but I didn't trust myself not to charge at her when I saw her, so I needed the space. I told her I was leaving shortly before I left. I lied about it being impromptu. She tried to pretend that she was sad about me leaving, but I could hear the excitement in her voice. My boyfriend, on the other hand, was ticked that I was leaving, or he pretended to be. He asked to drive me to the airport, but I refused. He asked to see me, and I refused too. I just left. When I got to my destination, I spoke to someone who hooked me up with a good therapist, and I threw all my time and energy into that case. It was the kind of case that could change the course of one's life forever. Also, it was being shown to the world because of the parties involved. My boss had done me a huge favor by letting me take the lead in this case, and I was not going to disappoint him. I disconnected completely from what was going on in my relationship and focused fully on the case and healing. At the end of the case, we won, and the internet was buzzing about how great the lawyer did. Naturally, the top law firm started trying to poach me, but I had them on hold, made my boss approve an extra paid month for me to rest, called my boyfriend to break up with him, and stayed back for a full month. When I finally returned, my best friend was the first person who came to visit. I'd been so sure that the next time I saw her, I'd shred her to pieces, but therapy helped me learn to manage my emotions better. I received her like all was well, and when I saw that sneer while I was pouring both of us a drink, I knew for a fact that my best friend had always been jealous of me. Everyone is talking about you in our firm, she said. Yeah, many law firms reached out to me while I was away, but I told them I was trying to recuperate, and it was such a messy case. But you fixed the mess, she said and smiled. We talked about my boyfriend, and I told her I ended things because I was bored with him. I just think I need a bigger challenge, you know? She said nothing, so I changed the topic. I made sure she got very drunk in my house, and then, while she lay on my couch, totally passed out, 
I took out her phone and went through it. I found out that my boyfriend had broken things off with her even before I broke up with him. I also found out that she tried to convince him to end things with me. She also proposed to him, but he refused. When he ended things with her, she cursed at him and she swore she'd tell me. He'd warned her not to. You're going to lose me and then lose her. I know you would never do something that foolish. I had all the information I needed, so I started working on my revenge. When I resumed work, my boss mentioned that he knew I'd been getting offers, so the managing partners had decided to make me a senior partner. I was excited because my hard work had paid off. My dad would have been proud, and something good finally came out of my heartbreak. After I was made senior partner, my credibility as a lawyer rose. I was attending parties that only top lawyers could attend. One day, I noticed one of my best friend's bosses at the table and worked my way there. They were talking about a lawyer who was taking in a firm's clients as private clients, and I casually mentioned that I had a friend who did that too. Then I added that I don't blame the said friend because the lawyers there were underpaid. I also casually mentioned her name, so it caught her boss's attention. Her boss also stylishly mentioned her full name, so I could confirm it was her, and I did. Later that evening, she came up to me to ask if I was sure of what I'd said earlier. Wait, do you know this person? I asked her. I'm a senior partner at the firm. Oh, I'm afraid I must have had too much to drink. Please, excuse me. Knowing the law business very well, no boss is going to joke with such accusations, and I also knew that there was no way she was going to mention who gave her the information. That week, my best friend told me that her boss was accusing her. She cried bitterly over the phone and asked why things never went well for her. I hurried to her house and tried to comfort her, but of course, I wasn't done with her. The allegations and bullying she was facing at work were so enormous that she decided to quit. She applied for another job and put in my details as one of her references. She never even informed me. She just expected that I knew how well to talk her up. I was that kind of friend to her. Of course, when the call came in, I expressed surprise that she listed my name as a reference. I'm afraid I cannot stand as a reference for her, I said. Then I went on to tell them the same thing I told her former boss. I don't want to be involved should any funny business occur, I told them. Of course, she did not get the job, and she cried to me again. How am I going to get any job when all the law firms around here have blacklisted my name, she wailed. I patted her on the back and looked forward to my next revenge. My next revenge was not as serious. She'd started dating this older guy, and he was the only reason she could still even eat after losing her job. I looked the guy up and found out the reason his previous marriage ended was because he was unfaithful. He didn't know me, though he may have known about me. We'd never met, but she'd mentioned him to me many times, and I knew how that relationship was faring. I targeted him, and we started going out. He was flattered that someone as beautiful and as young as I am would be interested in him. I gave him my middle name, just in case my best friend had mentioned my name to him. We were in my house together one day when I texted my best friend and lied and said that I had an emergency. She hurried out of her house. I made sure that her man and I were there, nearly naked. Just use your key. I'm in my bedroom, I told her. In less than 40 minutes, my best friend walked in on me and her man. She was shocked and tried to attack me, but I was ready. I slapped her with a pan and ordered her out of my house. Payback is a female dog, I yelled triumphantly as she walked out and her man struggled to put on his clothes to go after. Well, that'll teach her to try and take literally everything from you. I mean, you were going to move in with this guy and he was doing that. Honestly, I feel like the boyfriend deserved a little bit more revenge. The friend really got the, the most of that. But um, good for you for, for getting your life in perfect order. It's one of those things that it'll always work out in the end. A fiery revenge for my cruel stepmother. If you've lived on this planet long enough, then you've probably read a book or seen a movie or show where the antagonist is a cruel or manipulative step-parent. 
I'm looking at you, Disney. If those have been your only experiences concerning them, then you can count yourself lucky, because there's nothing worse than having someone who's not your biological parent come into your life from nowhere and do the complete opposite of what you expected them to do. I grew up in the most loving family ever, with the most lovely parents anyone could ask for. My mum and my dad used to be childhood sweethearts and their love stayed strong until they got married and remained that way even after they had all of us kids. However, a few years after the birth of my baby brother, my mother began to fall ill often. This worried my dad a lot, but as kids we didn't understand the graveness of the situation at the time because he would always tell us that she just had a fever, that everything was going to be fine. Everything was indeed not going to be fine because after a few months of hospital back and forths, my mum had to be admitted into the ICU. Apparently, her illness was proving too difficult for even the best of doctors to properly diagnose and handle. So, after further scans, it was revealed that she had to go under the knife as soon as possible, or whatever was infecting her could get to her vital organs. While under the knife, she went into shock, and the surgeons and other medical personnel tried to revive her, but it was too late, as the infection had spread too far, and her body couldn't handle a surgical check. She'd given up the ghost. I can't begin to explain how devastated my dad was. I had never seen him weep so bitterly over anything before, and for days he didn't have a single meal. It got so bad that my grandmother had to come all the way from the country to be with him. As for us kids, we had our own moments of sorrow, and I can vividly remember huddling up with my siblings after the news was announced to us, and we were completely bawling our eyes out and praying that she would somehow return to us. It was truly traumatizing. To lose someone we all loved so dearly, and I still think about her every single day. After my mum was buried, my dad's condition gradually began to improve. Safe to say, he took her death worse than us, but it was a few months past the incident, and he tried to move on, at least for his children. There was an issue, though. His work took up most of his time, and my mum was the one filling up the vacuum left by his absence. Throughout his mourning period, he didn't go to work, so he was able to be there for us when we truly needed him. But he needed to resume, and it posed a problem of who was going to take care of us while he was away so often. After weeks of consultation, he got a few recommendations, which included getting some sort of nanny to do all the stuff mum used to do before she passed, and eventually, he decided to hire one. At the beginning, our nanny was everything we could ask for. My dad explained everything she needed to do, and she did them to perfection, so we inevitably began to grow fond of her, and my dad began to let her spend more hours at home, and she would even sleep over sometimes. I have to also mention that she was a gorgeous woman, which is probably the reason why we accepted her so quickly. As time went on, we noticed that our dad had begun to pay more attention to her and things started to get a bit personal between them. We didn't mind because she was doing all that our mum did and it made us miss her less. The touchy-feely relationship between them continued and one day our dad revealed to us that they had been dating for a few weeks and that he had plans to get married to her. We reacted skeptically at first, but... We were ready to see where it goes after he explained how much he'd fallen in love with her. This was barely two years after our mum had passed, and it seemed we were about to take the next big step in moving on. Speaking about steps, it was a few months later and we now had a stepmother. The new chapter was exciting for us because it felt like we had all healed from the trauma, and especially my dad, who we all thought would never get remarried. I told myself that I was going to embrace my new reality to the fullest, and would treat my stepmother as if she was my true mum. It all started great too, because she continued to do all the stuff that made us love her and the family settled into a complete home for a while. However, as years passed by, my stepmother began to act differently to the woman we all fell in love with. 
She started to get more aggressive in her tone and generally started to care less about our well-being, especially towards me and my siblings. Noticeably, this was done more towards us as she maintained her nice lady facade towards my dad, so the poor guy could never tell the difference as he was usually away. I initially took the increased negligence as something that happened because we were getting older, but I realized that it was a deliberate ploy when she would always report things differently to my dad, and whenever I approached her to ask why she did what she did, she would always dismiss me. The love between us had started to fade, but worst of all, the love between her and my dad continued to grow stronger because he wasn't able to see her bad parts, and we didn't want to ruin his feelings after what happened with our mum. So we took it on the chin and kept it moving, although looking back on it, we probably should have said something then because things would get worse from that point. The power of my stepmother in our home only got larger as time went on, and it got to the point where our dad would even take sides with her in arguments where she lied against us. She was actively trying to turn my dad against us at that point, and it was working because she felt that he was doing more for us, his biological children, than her, and thought it wasn't normal for some reason. She began to lie about us, so my dad would have issues with us whenever we asked him for favors, and whenever we told our dad she was a liar, he would dismiss it as adolescent behavior. It was a bad situation for us, but luckily for us, we were all in boarding school at the time, so we didn't have to deal with it all the time. One summer, our dad had a family vacation planned and we were all looking forward to it. All except my stepmother, who had been trying to convince my dad to open up a clothes boutique for her for a couple of years. She even tried to persuade him to cancel the vacation and instead use the money to invest in her boutique dreams and that the boutique would bring a better return on investment than a family vacation. However, my dad declined her request once more, telling her that the family needed a vacation anyway and that he would look into the boutique thing when we got back. He also told her that he was open to other forms of investments that don't depend on him having to rent a place. I don't know how she did it, but within a few weeks of them having that conversation, my stepmother presented my dad with the kind of investment opportunity he thought he always wanted. She even brought all the lawyers and financial consultants involved, and it looked pretty convincing to my dad, who trusted her instincts more than most, so he pumped a lot of money into it because of the high returns they promised. She also invested a lot of her money into it, and they began to look at themselves as something of a potential power couple. All of their optimism turned into sorrow, however, as just a few weeks after making their investment, there was a news break that the company they had invested in had collapsed after allegations of fraud had rocked them for months. My dad lost all his savings in that investment and had to cancel our family vacation because he could no longer afford it. The feeling around the house after what had happened took me back to the days when my mum was battling her illness. So we tried to console our dad and told him we were ready to wait for the next opportunity for the vacation so the situation wouldn't get any worse. My stepmother also grieved her loss, but she was noticeably less distraught than my dad, although we took that as it was probably because she had invested less and consoled her nonetheless. As time went on, my stepmom began to act more withdrawn. It was a bit surprising because I thought she handled her loss pretty well, but I guess with the new financial situation, she realized he had to put in some extra work towards contributing for the upkeep of the home, and she might have not been too comfortable with that arrangement. I personally thought she was always out looking for a job when she started spending nearly the whole day out. My dad decided to investigate and found out that she had actually opened up a boutique without letting him know. It was a shocking development after what had happened, but somehow she managed to convince him that she got investors to fund her and that she was going to let him know as soon as she was done setting it up for the grand opening. My dad may have believed the BS story, but there was no way in hell I was going to believe it after all those years I spent with her, and I knew I had to investigate the source of the funding because no one else would. 
I picked a convenient moment where I would be able to have access to her phone, and once I got my chance, I went through all her messages and documents, and I was able to find some links between her and the consultant she had brought to inform my dad about the investment opportunity, as well as evidence of the calls between them. From all I could gather, I found out that my dad's investment never made it to the company, and that they were just a front for my stepmother to, to extort some money for her boutique from my dad. Trying to break the bond between my dad and his kids wasn't enough for her. She also wanted to ruin his mental health and finances just because he put his family's happiness over her selfish desires. I was really ticked and needed to react as quickly as possible. So I informed my dad about my findings and to my greatest surprise, he didn't believe me. He thought I was being too dramatic and pointed to the fact that she also lost money in the scheme and then told me about how she was able to raise the money for her boutique. Instead of losing my call, I just told my dad to go through her phone and gave him specific keywords to look for when searching. I also told him to first report to me rather than to confront her if he found anything incriminating, and he begrudgingly agreed. To his shock, he discovered that everything I told him was true. For that moment, and the moments before he had dismissed us, so he came to me asking what he was going to do, and I told him not to worry, because I already had a plan. The date for the grand opening had been set, and my stepmom had been inviting so many notable people. It looked like it was literally going to be a grand opening, as she seemed to make it clear every single time she spoke. Around this time, it also seemed like she had abandoned us, because she was almost never at home. She had the freedom to do that, because we were a bit grown now, but I could tell it was really affecting my dad, so I was extra motivated to ruin all that she had taken from him, and my plan to achieve this was quite simple. Destroy the boutique. On the eve of the grand opening, I went to the boutique with as many tools of destruction I could lay my hands on. On getting there, I met the entrance locked and had to improvise, but luckily for me, I saw a slightly opened window which I was able to fit into and get into the building. When I got in, I realized that most of my options for destroying the boutique might leave some evidence behind, so I had to use the ultimate, most destructive option, which was burning the whole place down. I had some petrol and some matchsticks with me, so I began to drench the entire boutique in petrol. And once I was satisfied, I climbed back up the window I used to get in, struck the matchstick, and threw it as far into the boutique as I possibly could. Not to support arson or anything, but the flames that came from all the burning clothes looked so beautiful from where I was. Although it could have just been my vengeful spirit taking control at that point. As the flames began to grow, I left the scene before anyone else could notice and made my way back home, acting like nothing even happened. When I got home, my siblings, who had no idea of my plans, told me my dad had asked of me and that they were able to cover and that they were able to cover for me, which meant everything had gone according to plan. The next morning, a crowd had gathered around the boutique, but it wasn't for the grand opening. It was more like the grand finale, and instead of all the influential people, there were policemen and passers-by just looking at the ashes left behind. My stepmother only got to know that morning and fainted out of shock upon hearing the news. After she was revived, she went, she went to the spot where the boutique used to be to ask questions she was never going to get answers to. A lot of her friends who had come for the grand opening were also there to console her, and while I wasn't there, I got to know all that happened because my dad went over there to play the role of supportive husband. In fact, she began to solicit for some more funding on the spot and was lucky to find a few people who were willing to help out of sympathy. She also tried to get my dad to pledge an investment along with them, but he was able to weave the situation and promised her to talk about it if she would just come back home. At this point, she didn't know we were onto her, so she agreed. She came back home, 
My dad decided to test her and confronted her about the investment they had made together and asked if she knew anything about it. But she denied ever knowing about it and began to gaslight my dad into thinking that he was delusional for believing me. To my surprise, my dad began to doubt what he had seen with his own eyes. It was as if he was under a magic spell whenever they were to- it was as if he was under a magic spell whenever they were together, and I realized taking revenge for what she did to him wasn't enough. I had to save him from her grasp. The only way I could do this was to make sure she wasn't able to see my dad anymore, and the best way to do this was to make her pay for her crimes. So, I continued my investigation into a relationship with the company she convinced my dad to invest into to see how much evidence I could gather against her, and it turned out there was a lot. I found out that she was one of the co-founders and had used a different name in all the documents linking her to the company. She no longer worked directly with them, but she was able to get unsuspecting people to put their money into the company, and since there was enough proof for their connections to them, I was able to file a police report. Within a few weeks of filing the report, a group of policemen came over to her house where she had been staying since the fire to interrogate her, and when she couldn't properly answer their questions, she was arrested on allegations of fraud and falsification of data. Finally, she was taken away. After she was arrested, I explained everything that had happened to my father, from the fire to the police report, and to my greatest relief, he was actually happy at what I did, because if I hadn't gone down that route, he probably would have still been shacked to this day. The fire in the boutique might not have done the trick, but the fire in my determination most certainly did. Well, I think it's clear for anyone to see that there is only one winner in this story, and that is this town's police department. First of all, there is someone who is trying to embezzle for months off her husband, and then eventually manages to swindle the money off him. Obviously, she's involved in something dodgy. An anonymous tipster goes in and tells him, you know, oh, she's doing fraud. And that same anonymous tipster then tells the whole world the story about how she committed arson out of revenge. This is honestly spectacular. Keep an eye on the channel for the follow-up story about what life in prison is like for a convicted arsonist. Well, that's all the time we have for this video. Hopefully you enjoyed these stories, and if you want more nuclear revenge stories, check out this video. Other than that, I'll see you next time.